The Organic Center in County Leitrim, Ireland, is just the sort of place I like to be, even or especially on a chilly, rainy day. I recognized it. The greenhouses were loud with rain on the plastic. The farm dog went in and out where it wanted. There were seeds and soup for sale, an outdoor bread oven. My friend's kids bickered at a table in the welcome center, while a trio of musicians played traditional music. People in thick, rain-damp sweaters squeezed past each other to stay under the eaves or get between the craft tables. All a delight. Just the kind of thing I like and was hoping for on sabbatical. My friend wanted to go to a talk, something about hawthorn trees, and someone would be there with teas and tinctures made from all the various parts of the tree, and that too sounded familiar and the kind of thing I like. And at any rate, I was game to follow my friend's lead. Plus, there was going to be storytelling. While we waited on our folding chairs, a video played, a PBS-looking documentary about hawthorn trees. But we were also talking and meeting the folks sitting next to us, and also a woman was passing around a box of homemade sandwiches that were like neatly cut into little triangles,、um, asking if anybody wanted any, which I found unusual. And my friend said yes and took a sandwich, which I found very strange and surprising. And so I was only half paying attention when the man in the video,、uh, until the man in the video turned out to be a dairy farmer, and once he had my attention, I watched him with a pitchfork. Carry a cow's placenta out of the barn, down a dirt lane, and fling it up into the branches of a hawthorn tree. We are alive at a time when we are supposed to be able to understand everything. Not like each of us individually, maybe all the time, but we're living at a time when everything is knowable. Thanks to all kinds of physics and medicine and technology and psychology and analysis and data and tools and developments and real advances, there's an explanation for everything, or will be someday, or, or ought to be. Gradually, as a species, we've become more rational, more reasonable, more enlightened. What little remained or remains unknown. For a while, got attributed to God, and as we got smarter, what was called God got smaller. As the margins around our knowing got pressed out and narrower, until most phenomena that used to be divine or magical or mysterious or transcendent or even just unknown, they aren't anymore. Our superstitions dropped away. Our ignorance withered up and fell off, and what we're left with is reality. That's the story, anyway. In 1999, Eddie Lenahan had a message for the authorities: if they built their highway where they planned to, there'd be trouble. The road would be cursed, brakes would fail, cars would crash, the ferries would make sure of it. 1999. What stood between the wrath of the fairies and the safety of drivers was a single tree, a hawthorn. Back in County Leitrim at the Organic Center, the farmer from the video, Jerry Bowen, came into the room. He was soft and even spoken to the point of sounding dull. My friend said, "Your man's classic Leitrim, classic." Jerry told stories from his new book, The Cleaning's Tree. Stories all about the hawthorn. Or as he called it, much more often the lone bush. 
so-called because they're left standing not only where engineers want to put highways, but for generations in the middle of fields where they must be plowed around. His stories were mostly warnings in the form of tragedies, some of them very odd, that befell people who had dared to cut down a hawthorn. The fairies would have their revenge always, no matter how long it took, and they also had a certain strong sense of justice. A widow preyed upon by a greedy neighbor cut down a lone bush in her dead spouse's field. The neighbor had convinced her to do so, thinking to buy up the land when the widow was inevitably laid low by the fairies. Instead, it was his undoing. The fairies knew what was up and whose idea it had been. The farmer, Jerry, talked about his own current practices, how he'd learned from his dad that habit of throwing the afterbirth into the tree's branches. And there was something else, too, about how to heal a cow's foot with a patch of sod dug up and left to dry root side up on a hawthorn hedge. And the farmer was circumspect about whether the sod thing worked. In fact, he suggested it didn't. But he said he also still called the vet. But that in the time it took that sod to dry out, something happened. When I listened to him later on a podcast, he talked about where these practices had come from. The tradition could be, he speculated, as old as Neolithic. Could have been from those times. They were pagan times. People worshipped, you know, it was nature and the sun and the stars and moon. They had their own gods. That lot had their own gods. Some of the stuff we do now, I have no doubt it's back to a time when there was no set religion. The woman interviewing him, she sounded Canadian, and like me, she'd heard him read this fall. She asked about the title of his book, The Claning's Tree. Oh, it's more like he said, um, it's cleaning tree. That's just how we talk. The cleanings are, you know, the cows cleaned out after calving. If you Google it, as I did, mostly what you find out is that people used to believe that if a calf was born prematurely, then you do this thing with the tree. Or if you've got a horse, you throw the afterbirth to make sure that the whole foal runs well with its head up. I couldn't find record of doing it always, every time. But that's what he does, because it's what he was taught, what was passed down to him. I suppose what's common to you and what you do every day, he said, you pay no heed to. You don't pass any heeding, because that's just what you do. Same, Jerry. The idea that we're living in a time when everything is knowable, that's part, a big part, of why the philosopher Charles Taylor says we're living in a secular age. It's not about how many people are atheists or don't go to church, or even how many people are religious or spiritual but not religious. It's about the fact that, well, it's not even about the fact that many people who identify as non-religious do have loads of belief about astrology or essential oils or vaccines or anything else. This is a secular age because 500 years ago, it would have been basically impossible to not believe in God, in spirits, demons, powers. And now, Taylor says, many of us find disbelief not only possible, but inescapable. This secular age has been disenchanted, and Taylor adds, lest we wonder, there's no going back. There's only learning to live, and for some people like us, learning to believe at a time like this. 
a time when everything is knowable, when the universe contains all that there is, a time when there is no meaning beyond ourselves, beyond what we can make and discern. Fact, reality, truth, everything else has withered up and fallen away. But Charles Taylor says that too is a story. Jerry Bowen walked another pitchfork down the road, threw another claning up into the tree. I began to look at it, he said, and seen the veins and arteries with the sun shining through it. Took my mind off to another place. This was 30, 40 yards from the shed. And for every step I took back to the shed, it was like it took me back another hundred years. He wondered, how long have we been doing that? How long has that tree been there? Where was the real meaning of that lost? We've been handed a story, a story about God and their action in the world, a story about creation and grace and God's action in history, God's presence in Jesus Christ, the healing that's available to us, reconciliation, and God's final victory over every death-dealing machine and power. One way or another, if you're here this morning, you're here because of that story. I mean, it's why this building is here. Whatever your relationship is to the story or any individual part of it, whatever parts you love or dismiss or must dismiss, We've been handed a story, a story about how we live now. Charles Taylor calls it a subtraction story, where all that is false has been subtracted, taken away, and what we're left with is right. But the writer, writer, better, the better, bigger story is one about changes that have happened, the turns from which there's no going back, the turns that leave us without transcendence, and disconnected from our real meaning, because that too turned out to be false. But that's one story. And the right story, a good story, can change the world. Not just by way of bringing meaning and beauty to our individual lives, our private practices, like Jerry farming in his days, like the practices we undertake here together, but bigger picture, too. That 1999 highway was rerouted around the tree. Who knows what did it? There's this old, wild-eyebrowed Eddie Lenahan who collects stories. He told the New York Times that he had hoped that once the construction workers found out it was a fairy bush, they'd refuse to destroy it. The official story was that the design for the road had been changed in the planning phases. Believing that enchanted reality is everywhere all around us can move governments and raise valleys and make rough places plain. But the argument for enchantment is not one for efficacy. It's not that it works. It's an argument for beauty and transcendence that belongs to us, that is a gift to us. That psalm that we read part of, that's a story we were given. You, God, visit the earth and water it. You, God, make the rain at the organic center in County Leitrim. You greatly enrich the earth. 
The river of God is full of water. I know it's a cloud. I watch the weather. You, God, provide the people with grain. The farmers grow it. Monsanto provides the seeds. You have prepared food for people, God. You water the earth abundantly, settling its ridges and softening it and blessing its growth. The organic center felt so familiar to me, full of my kinds of people, just the kind of place I like on a rainy day on sabbatical. But the possibility of connecting with the enchantment all around us, slowing down enough, long enough to glimpse the brilliance of God shining through everything, showing us the very veins and arteries pulsing through it, all of the colors. Living like that takes a step by step, back toward God, into our future, into our present, and all the real meaning. 